0: Yo, yo, what up, everyone? You are listening to the two-week notice podcast. Come on. My name is Dana B. And I am your host. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, baby. All right. Today we have Minus the Bear, former Minus the Bear drummer, Aaron David Tate. Man, this guy is so cool. And he's, he's just like a sweetheart. He's like a super, super nice guy. And an extra, extra thank you. To you, Aaron, because I know I think I think Aaron was a little out of his comfort zone. Uh, I don't think he likes doing interviews and that type of thing. Um, or maybe well, there's a lot of self-deprecation involved in there, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron, to call you out, but it's true, and I can totally relate to that. Um, but just a huge thank you, and we're gonna get into that. But listen, 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 listen. I got some other stuff right. So. Wait I where do I fucking start? Dude, speaking of fucking. So, <laughs> yeah, this is hilarious, right? I just uh, you know, I I read the reviews that people give me on iTunes and shit. I mean, that's important. That's what really helps um move the podcast. That's what helps um really push it. It's the biggest thing you can do to help me um is give me a five-star uh written review on like the Apple iTunes podcast app. But here's the deal. So I got my first one star review. <laughs> Maybe the first of many, but I'm not, I'm not even mad at this one because <laughs> it's hilarious. Because <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right. So this is the review. It's titled language. <laughs> and then there's one star. this was written by travel letty shout out to travel letty (laughs) and it's one sentence and (laughs) it says seriously who curses that much exclamation point couldn't get past the first five (laughs) first five minutes (laughs) well travel letty thanks for giving it a shot Listen, I'm not for everyone. Okay. I, I never will be. That's fucking hilarious. No, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it sucks. Obviously, the goal is to get like five star reviews. <laughs> Hold on. I got to pause it. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I got my composure. So here's my honest opinion I can't get mad at that um because it's hilarious but at the same time fuck you and i hope you're listening hey you travelletti fuck off you know what i mean here's the deal like okay who goes out of their way to like make that effort you know what I mean? first and foremost there is like an ex- explicit or parental advisory tag on the fucking the fucking thing all right you know what i mean like get over it dude like you know, and thank you to those who have gone out of your way to give me a five-star review. That is so rad. And if you haven't done that already, now is definitely the time to do so because that one-star review, realistically, does bring the show down. So help me out, will you? Come out, just help me out. But who, who the fuck? You know what I mean? I guarantee this person goes on Yelp. You know what I mean? And complains about McDonald's. <laughs> it's like, yo, you, it's McDonald's. You know what you're going to get. Like, fuck off. And same here. Like it says explicit content or whatever it, it has. Just get over it. Like how, how sensitive are you? Fucking get over it. I'm sorry. You hate whatever's going on in your life. And you feel the need to take it out on um, my silly little podcast here. <laughs> but come on. That is mad. Funny. I would say, I also, like if someone wrote a one star review that like bashed the actual content or or me, yeah, that would hurt a lot more for sure. And, and I definitely wouldn't be on here laughing about it. I might but I might be on here saying, fuck you. That's there's a good chance of that. But you know what I'm saying? And, but I understand that comes with the, the there's, that's the trade off. Right. I'm I'm putting myself out there. Right. Anybody in the world. Right. Anybody in the world can can just pull up this this podcast and listen to it That's a beauty of technology, but I do I really put myself out there and if you go way back, I've told some personal stories so you know um and based on the name, it's travel Letty uh, I wonder because I used to have the travel podcast like the the Europe stuff maybe they maybe they were uh and I recently actually. I had a I actually had more followers and more listeners on that podcast, the Eurotrip one uh than I do on this one because you know people from all over the world just like found my my Europe podcast and uh so i and I recently put up a clip of Chris Caraba on there to just like get people, hey, I got this new podcast. look up two week notice so I wonder if maybe um it was a a travel person who listened to um uh, I, I am sorry to disappoint. But fuck you, like I don't know. Grow up, grow up. Who's the real adult here? I guess not me. Anyway, let's 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 move forward here. <laughs> That's so funny. And uh, so we are in summer mode, people. It is, it is Tuesday, Tuesday, June eighth, two thousand twenty, up here in in Boston. Let me give you a temperature check because it is super hot right now according to the weather app it is 80 degrees but it feels like 83 degrees and uh listen i know that's not that bad but i don't know i'm sweating my balls off dude i like 70s maybe like 70 is perfect 75 75 you know but it's the humidity the humidity is brutal and when i go and i work the bar that's even worse um but i'm kayaking to work right best part of my day every day is when I actually the best part is the kayak home because my my shift is over and I just take my time just chilling. Maybe I had a couple of shift shift beers or whatever and I'm just chilling, just cruising, dude. That's the best part of my day but I can't complain about the commute. Speaking of bars, I gotta give one last shout out to the Hey Bartender podcast uh, and and Anthony is the host over there. He recently had me on his show. And we talked about bartending and concerts and music mostly. So uh, give him some love and thank you to those who have give like gone over there to check that out. Um, That's super helpful to him. And thanks Anthony for having me on. Um, So if that's your vibe, go over there and fucking just give it a listen. It was a really fun chat. And again, speaking of bars. So I got to say, you know, all the, the mask Restrictions here in Massachusetts have been lifted. It's been a week or two now, probably two weeks. And that, you know what that means? Me as a bartender, I have a bar again for the first time in over a year, like a year and a few months. I can go into work without wearing a mask in good timing because this wet, it sucks working 14 hours straight with a fucking mask on. It's brutal. I know it's a selfish thing. And I, I, I'm not trying to take away from all the people who got sick with Corona and, you know, there were a lot of deaths. I'm not trying to dismiss that. I'm just speaking from my little bubble here. I'm so happy to not work with a mask. And none of that, like, I can, I can, uh, listen, What what what's that phrase? It's like um, communication is like 99% um, nonverbal something like that, right? It's all like your facial expressions, your 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 movements, your gestures, your your smile. And I'm a smiley guy. I really am. And I will say I've noticed my tips have been bigger because I can I can fucking talk to people. I can hear them. They can hear me because we also had the plexiglass up at the bar in between, you know, me and the guest. And dude, listen, I got the tinnitus in both my ears from all the concerts and and playing drums and shit so like shame on me right i i should have been wearing earplugs all along i still don't i probably still won't and that's my choice and i have to live with that that's fine it's fine but that shit sucks (laughs) you know what i mean and uh so between wearing the mask so people's voices are muffled and then add that plexiglass and the fact that i can't hear very well um when people are speaking to me i mean It was brutal having a conversation um, for the few people that could sit at the bar. Excuse me. Like, I'd be like, all day, I'm like, huh, what? Say that one more time. Huh, what? And that's annoying. That's annoying for the person who has to keep repeating themselves, first and foremost. And it's annoying for me. And and I do that anyway, without all these, these guards, these shields, these barriers, right? You know, maybe I should just get a hearing aid. I'm getting old, people. <laughs> anyway, but it's been great to have, you know, it's just been great to have a bar again. It's wonderful, and it's it's like, holy shit. You know, and I can I can see people's faces. Some of my regulars who have been regulars for a couple of years now, like at for me at the bar I work at, they're like, dude, I haven't seen your face in like, forever i forgot what you looked like you know what i mean i could see their faces because you know throughout the pandemic you know once you sit down you can take the mask off but they haven't seen me without a mask and i'm like oh do you want me to, you want me to put it back on <laughs> i'm just fucking around but you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i don't know like if there is something to say about like looking someone in the eyes and, and having a genuine smile and um you know i'm i'm a sincere guy. And I sincerely want to wish, uh, what was that? What's that person's fucking name? Travel Letty to go fuck yourself. All right. All right. What else we got? <laughs> else we got going on. Today we have Aaron David Tate of Minus the Bear. Former Minus the Bear. Aaron was the drummer for Minus the Bear for almost 15 years. So essentially, the first 14. 15 years or so of that band's existence and he played a major major role in the songwriting and just everything about that band um you're gonna hear about that you know the the whole seattle thing and so if you are a minus the bear fan and and and, or if this is your first time you know, coming in. If you're if you've never heard my podcast and you're listening because of this, thank you so much for checking it out. I really do appreciate it. And uh, if this is your vibe, go back and check out some some past episodes. I've had some really cool guests, and I have some really cool guests coming up. And I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to read a little list here. Most of these are already recorded, and this is what's to come. So, um, Chris Swinney, former Atari's. Barry Karcher, he was a contestant on the show Alone, the reality series. Chris DeMakes of the band Less Than Jake. John Cheese, legend. Uh, he's worked with Piebald, he's worked with Limbeck, he's worked with My Chemical Romance, and, and many more. We have Adam Turla, of Murder by Death. Dan Bonebreak, for all of you Dashboard confessional fans, he played bass for Dashboard. Travis Shettle, my favorite frontman. No offense to you, other front men and women but Travis Shettle of Piebald that's my guy uh Aaron Stewart is coming on the show he's never done a podcast he's legendary uh pieball guitarist we have Kyle Kilday who made or is making the most rad documentary you're about to see it's yet to be released but he is the the brains behind that um and it's related to like all the musical guests I've had on this podcast also upcoming we have antonio anderson it's a kid i grew up with who went on to play in the national basketball association this guy's like sat down in michael jordan's office with michael Jordan. he he played on for charlotte like with michael jordan that's a huge that's so cool we also have um out of out of maine rapper spose spizzy spose we have Connor of Boys Night Out coming up. So a lot of exciting things happening. You get the idea. If this is your vibe, make sure to hit subscribe. Um, and one last, um, lastly, I got—I just got to say once more. You know, just go on iTunes or Apple Podcast. If you got that purple app with an iPhone, the one that just says podcasts, do me a favor and balance out this bad energy of this person who gave me that one-star review. Scroll down. At the bottom, of, like all the way down, go through all the, you have to scroll, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to scroll through all the episodes and find where you can give five stars. Give me five stars, write me a review and just be like, hey man, I, I really like your voc- vocabulary. <laughs> first person to do that will get the very first two ignores podcast t-shirt and stickers and I'll send you a vinyl of your favorite band, your choice. Okay. Throwing that out there, (laughs) that's hilarious. All right, that's it. Aaron David Tate. Yo, oh, no, that's not it. Oh, my goodness, how could I forget? Super important. Not only is Aaron David Tate part of Minus the Bear, as I discussed, he also is the founding member, the fearless leader of this super, super rad group, on Instagram. That's the best place to find them. It's called Indie Drummer Collective. So if you're into like drumming and shit, yo, this is one of the coolest things happening right now. Um, It is a rotating cast of drummers who come together to percussively honor a band or drummers or a theme. So long story short, this started through the pandemic. You're going to hear it from Aaron. He's going to talk about it towards the end of the show, but In the meantime, while you're listening, if you're not driving, don't Instagram and drive people, but go on Indie Drummer Collective on Instagram, Indie, I-N-D-I-E, Drummer Collective. It's all one word. And um, it's been so fun to watch that. And you got drummers from, you know, I mean, it kind of started with, like I said, with Aaron Tate, but also like Luke Garrow of Piebald, who has been on this podcast, Tucker Rule of Thursday, who has been on this podcast. Um, and many other drummers It, it started with like a, a very small group of them And it has uh, evolved into There's like a hundred drummers now So check that shit out And enjoy this episode Aaron, thank you so much, brother 2 week knows podcast And fuck you, travel letty, Whatever the fuck that name Whatever your name was, fuck off <laughs>
1: The weather holds, but you don't need the sun to make you shine. These island towns don't care for city folk, but I think we can starve the city from our minds.
0: All right, so today. We have Aaron Tate. Aaron, how you doing, man?
2: Hey, dude. <laughs> Hi. What up, dude? What's
0: up, man? Chilling. Yo, uh, Aaron, you're a killer drummer, Uh, most notably uh, Minus the Bear for, what, like 15 years or so?
2: Yeah, it was thir- 14, 13, 4- 14, somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And I've seen you perform... You know, I try to save all my old tickets. I always talk about this. I save all my old ticket stubs from like Ticketmaster and shit. Yeah. But some of them get lost along the way. And, you know, uh, as time has gone on, sometimes it's just on your phone and stuff. But I couldn't find any Minus the Bear ticket stubs. And I'm so bummed out. Maybe <laughs> some shows you're opening and maybe you weren't on the ticket. But I know I've seen you at least at least half a dozen times. Yeah. And one of my favorite albums, I got it right here, Brother look at it, look at it. Menos El Oso, which yeah. is minus the bear in Spanish, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, killer. Yeah.
2: That cover shot is uh, from a beach in Spain.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and, You know, it was crazy. I had this out because I knew I was going to talk to you. So I was just like spinning this record last night and today. And I never even noticed um, like the the sun was hitting it just right earlier today. And like it, it has this crazy pattern when the sun hits it. Mm-hmm. I assume that was intentional.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, the guitar player of the band, Dave Knutson, uh is a uh, is and was a graphic designer and did um he did like all of our layout stuff for the most part. I think he did almost every layout and then except for he didn't do one record. Um he did all the botch stuff as well and it's really great, really great designer. I think he did some Harkonnen work and uh, maybe some cave stuff too. I don't know, but yeah, his, you know, he's got a really great knack for, um, for design. So
0: this thing pops when the sun hits it, the, the vinyl <laughs> specifically, uh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, it was like a,
2: it's like a certain texture or something to it that yeah. they that
0: did. Yeah, exactly. All the little squares in there. Super, yeah. super cool. So I don't know much about you, man. Like I said, I've seen you perform several times, but this is our first time really talking, you know, I see you on the socials and stuff, but other than that, I don't know much. So can you tell me like where you grew up and like, you know, early influences, you know, whether it be if you played sports or whatever music you were into, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up, uh, I was born and raised in the twin cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, I was never much of a sports guy. Um, to be honest i started playing drums i actually went through and uh, knowing that i was going to do this today I've, I've been asked this like all the time and i finally i texted my older brother who i play who i played music with like my whole childhood uh and my mom and was like when did i get my first drum set <laughs> and we we came to the uh we came to the agreement that i think i was like eight or nine um so i i, I started playing drums really young um or, you know, fairly young. There's a lot of people that started younger, but um, I have a brother who's four years older than me. And he, uh, he got a guitar and then his, his best friend um, got a bass. And so they just kind of stuck me playing drums. It was, it was just predetermined that I was going to play drums. Um, And I kind of, it's kind of like what I always did Um, since my brother was four years older, he got, he got me into music. Um, I remember like KISS was the first band that we ever really like collectively like. And I'm, you know, it's probably like, probably some of the theatric element that KISS had, like they were just like, for a fucking eight year old or seven, I mean, seven or eight year old, however young, um, which is, which, which was also my first concert too. Um, you know, It was just really, it was just really cool. And uh, that kind of transformed from, I mean, I was, I was born in 78. So a lot of '80s hair metal was in place uh, when I was really young. I like my second concert was uh, was Guns N' Roses. Nice. Right, right after Appetite for Destruction came out, when they were opening for Alice Cooper, so they were still an opening act on a on a head. Like I think Welcome to the Jungle had just hit. Um, cool. So those were kind of like, I mean, Guns N' Roses in particular was like one of those like seeing kiss live when I was a kid was, you know, amazing. I was real, like I, I was really young. Um, I went back and looked up that concert to see how young I was once, but I don't remember. Uh, but it was GNR. and um, you know, they were so hungry still. And I mean, granted they're playing like fucking arenas. So it's not like right. they're not, not a small band, but like, you know, in an opening slot for Alice Cooper and they had a lot to prove and it's a 30 minute set or 40 minute set. And, um, that was you know that was like the moment where i was like that's what i want to do like just kick ass you know I, I would imagine like what people kind of you know thought of led zeppelin when they first saw led zeppelin and just oh man mon- yeah. you know that appetite for destruction just has those like monstrous songs that were so um like all-encompassing and stuff and uh and that was kind of it man and then from there um uh you know as 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 it happens you get you get into a. Uh, punk rock from there you know like that kind of the, the younger rebellious age and um, I grew up in you know mostly in Minneapolis and uh, we had the First Avenue venue which is you know famous for Prince but attached attached to First Avenue um, is this tiny little venue called the 7th Street Entry and um, you know I, I I wasn't quite old enough to catch like Husker Du in the replacements I was just kind of at the tail end of all of that stuff. Um, but there was bands coming out at that time. Um, in particular, there was a band called the Lib- Libido Boys from Mankato, Minnesota. Um, and they were like my eye-opening world into like punk rock and then kind of that into like Dead Kennedys and Circle Jerks and, you know, that that kind of that whole world. And uh, that was what really like got, got me going, I guess, you know.
0: Right on, man. So you're in Seattle now.
2: Yeah, I'm, I moved here. Uh, I've lived here longer now, actually, than I even lived there. Um, I moved here when I, in 1999. Uh, I, as I had mentioned, I was in a band called Kill Sadie, and um, we had, I think we formed in, I want to say maybe 96, um, end of 96, 97, and toured around um, a bunch. Uh, my brother, my, as I mentioned, my brother was in the band at the time, and know even though we were a hardcore band and had no like you know there was no like dream of making it you know like we would never make money from doing it um but we knew that if we got ourselves out of our comfort zone and basically just spent you know like turned what turned what our you know our lives were into the band that we we would enjoy it more and we would feel more fulfilled um i guess i'll put it that way And so the idea was that we would all move to um, collectively as a band, we would move somewhere to take us away from our families, to take it away from our day jobs, you know, school, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so what we, what we did was we did, we booked two really long, really big tours and we attempted to go everywhere in the country. So we went from the Midwest, we went East, uh, did all, you know, Midwest, South, Midwest, East, South, uh, a bunch of the South, came back up, stopped, uh, went home and, you know, went back to work for a month and then did, and then went back out and did all the the rest of the country essentially. And wow. Seattle, Seattle was the second to last stop on the tour. Um, and literally like we, we all really liked Philadelphia a lot. And that was kind of the consensus was that we thought that we were going to move to Philadelphia. Um, but then we hit Seattle and, Within, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say within four hours of being here, um, we were all like, yep, we're moving here instead. And then I came out first. I moved, I moved here by myself in March of 99. So you're 10,
0: 20 years old. Right? Yeah, 20. Yeah, or yeah. 21.
2: I was 20, yeah. Um, wow. And then the rest of the band came out. Um, my brother quit um, because he was, um, he was dating a girl that he wanted to marry. Um, and, he, and he did get married to her. So he wanted to stay
0: nice.
2: in, in Minneapolis. So um, we got um, this guy named BJ who actually was playing. He was playing drums in a like a punk ska band uh, from Minneapolis called Animal Chin. And then uh, who then went on to be a band called The Stereo. Um, and maybe BJ was in The Stereo for a bit too. I don't remember. But BJ took over on guitar for my brother. And then our singer actually quit too. Um, and we, there was this little kid from Iowa, um, who had been in some bands or he had been in this band, a like hardcore band. Uh, he was, God, I was 20, he was 17 wow. and he was, um, just a fucking force to be reckoned with as a hardcore <laughs> singer. Um, wow. uh, and I called him and he was, he was, you know, he was 17 and he, like, he really looked up to kill Sadie cause kill Sadie you know, though very small was kind of bigger in his eyes. And you
0: guys uh, were doing stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. We were touring and, you know, putting out records um, and stuff. Hell yeah. And uh, I just called him and was like, Hey, I know we don't know each other that well, but we're moving to Seattle. Uh, would you want to move to Seattle with us? And he was packed up his shit and came right out with us. And uh, he went, he then went on to be um, the singer of these arms are snakes. So, wow, man. Yeah. You see
0: What you did there. You see what you did.
2: Yeah. No, it's, it's weird. Like when kills 80 broke up, all these, there was this, you know, we could talk about that, but there was this whole fit chain of events that happened, but yeah. So we moved from Minneapolis to Seattle and uh, 10 of us from Minneapolis moved here. We all lived in the same house, uh, 10 people in a house so we could make it super cheap and we just fucking toured. That's like all we did.
0: Uh, first of all, I think you're what the kids these days would call an influencer. no 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 no. you said 10 of you in a house how big was this house i gotta ask
2: it was a six bedroom house uh okay good size a couple a couple of the guys brought when they moved from uh our bass player and guitar player um both guitar players and their girlfriends all lived with us so it was and then our um our roadie actually we had the same roadie kill sadie had the same roadie throughout the whole band um and it was this guy this guy named andy wolf that uh, minus the bear actually later named the song after um, this phenomenal oh, yeah. human being named Andy, who just uh, was just an he's just an adventurer, and he just didn't care whether he was selling merch or you know what he you know kind of like sounds like you are you know yeah. he just wanted he just wanted to be out there, and he was um he was like the unofficial sixth member of Kill Sadie, like the whole band. Love uh, it. But yeah. But we all lived in this house together, and it was a lot. Yeah. You know, you get in the get in a tiny van with each other and trying to adapt to what you know a new city looks like. And again, like I said, like leaving all of our families in our comfort zone to um to just to play music. And whether it be in front of four people in a basement or, you know, we we were lucky enough to um, you know, we never like we we were never that band that was like lucky enough to like get on a big bill with someone and that's how we made our break. Like we never made our break, you know, like you know, our, our last show ever, I think was opening for like Arab on radar, if you remember that band and maybe there was like, you know, 40 people there or whatever. So, but it was like, it was, it was what brought, um, you know, the work ethic to me, um, of just, you know, keep going and keep going. And it was, you know, really what taught me like, um, unless you are one of the lucky few, um, and you know, a lot of people that I know are, are this lucky few that like, didn't have to put in a lot of work and were able to make it successful, but it was the you know it was moving to Seattle was the the six was the seed that was planted because w- we made a bunch of friends and out of you know out of that friends were you know the Murder City Devils, Botch, um, Blood Brothers, you know a bunch of those kind of bands, and when Kill Sadie decided to call it quits, um, it was like right at the same time. Um, that botch was calling it quits and murder city was calling it quits. And so from the kind of the breakup of that band was, uh, minus the bear, these arms are snakes and pretty girls, pretty girls make graves all formed in the same, like six months.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, yeah well, I mean, that initial move to Seattle obviously had a, a lasting impact because you're, you're there right now, you know, mm-hmm. what 20 plus years later? Right. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, Please go on. Uh, you were talking about the formation of Minus the Bear, which still one of my favorite bands ever. This and there's no band like Minus the Bear.
2: Yeah, um, you know it was it's it's you know the it's the collab it was um, the you know the collaboration of I mean just like a piebald or whatever of you know five really fucking weird guys with different musical tastes and different <laughs> you know like yeah. um, you know the band the the band definitely began from um, you know from uh, i I would say a hardcore background uh you know dave being in botch and you know that band is fucking legendary i'm not um i'm i'm not really that much of a hardcore music guy um i was never super into the hardcore music scene um i just loved being a kill sadie um and we were though we were a hardcore band we were also like one of those kind of like weird art hardcore bands um uh you know but um yeah, like we met, you know, it's when you, when you at, you know, in the late 90s early 2000s in Seattle, there was like a certain bar that everyone hung out at and uh they at the bar um extensively hired touring musicians because they knew that, you know, people needed to go out and tour and so you know, any given night, members of you know the fast packs Murder City. Um, I don't think anyone from Minus of Era ever worked there, but you you know, you name a band from that era, and one of them bartended at this place, and right. um, we all met, and it, you know, it was really weird. Like none of us, um, I, I want to say, Kill Sadie and Botch played like maybe once or twice together. Like we played like randomly in Arizona, and I think. Um, once in Minneapolis before we moved here and stuff, but we, you know, we weren't like buddies before we came. Um, and we just all met hanging out there um, and Corey, the bass player and Dave, the singer, or sorry, Dave, the um, guitar player um, became really good friends and they were hanging out with uh, Matt Bayless, who was the original keyboard player of, of the band. And he's a producer engineer that a lot of people know. And um, I had a really diehard uh, Kill Sadie like work ethic, and I I refuse. You know the the Kill Sadie thing was we moved here, we're in this band, this is what we're doing, um, and then um, a member of Kill Sadie started playing in another band, and it kind of made me go like, "Well, fuck you." Then I'll join another band, uh, which kind of turned out to be a blessing um, because um, I I had I'd actually turned down um, they had Dave sorry Dave Corey and Matt had all discussed playing because Dave had some uh, guitar riffs that didn't quite fit into botch. And he was like, well, I want to try doing something else. And they had asked me. And at first I said no, because I was just in Kills Sadie, and that's what I did. You know, it was like who I was. And then, right. um, and then it turned, I just was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. And um, probably that's what actually ended up dissolving Kills Sadie was that, you know, it was like, okay, cool. We're going to go on and do other things. But, you know, it was very early on in mine It's there. Um, Interesting. It was, you know, it was really, it was pretty immediate that I, you know, we all knew that that's what we were going to do.
0: Do you remember the first time that Minus the Bear jammed?
2: I do. Uh, It was, we were in, uh, we were in Botch's space and I think I was playing Tim's drums even. And um, Dave showed us this riff, uh, which I don't know if you've ever heard the first Minus the Bear EP, but um, it was this tapping guitar riff that uh, turned into be a song called Lemur's Man, Lemur's. Yeah. Uh, which was, you know, it was meant to be a botch song and it wasn't heavy enough for them. And so, and Dave just liked it so much. And uh, wow. we wrote uh, we wrote the majority of that song, I would say, in, in one practice. And uh, the thought was that we were going to be a four piece and that Corey and Dave were going to sing, um, which wasn't a good idea. Um, <laughs> and I had known, so um, yeah. And then I had known uh, Jake, the singer, was playing at that time in a band called Sharks Keep Moving uh, with um, Dan from the drummer of Nine Iron Spitfire, uh, this guy named Nate Turpin, and then um, Morgan, who went on to be in the Blood Brothers, and I think he's in the Fleet Foxes now. Um, And then they were going to break up around that time, too. Um, And so I loved Jake's vocals, and I was like, hey, I'll be in this band, but Jake has to be the singer. And so that's that's how that oh,
0: formed. You all have really good chops, you know, like really talented musicians.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like I don't want this to sound offensive um, because it's not meant to be. Like, we aren't talented musicians. I I would say that I would say that minus bear was full of creative musicians, not talented. Um, you know, not interesting. Like all, all of us were like more or less self self-taught musicians. And like, if you asked, you know, one of the members at at that time, I think we all tried to like learn more about our instrument as it became like our career. Um, But like, you know, you couldn't sit down and go, Hey, Dave, I want you to play me a guitar solo in this key, you know, like that wasn't, that wasn't the way he played. He played. um, And, you know, that was pretty evident in Bach, I thought too, you know, like he was, he wasn't playing guitar, you know, they weren't like a metal band that he like played guitar solos and stuff. And like his creativity always shined. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, and I, again, I'm not, I don't mean that to be offensive. And, you know, I was the same, I, I was the same way, you know, like I'm not the kind of drummer that can like sit down and like play a drum solo or a fill, but like I over, you know, I'm an overthinker. And so I like would overthink my parts and, and, un, and, and un, un, sorry, uneducated in the way that I play. And like so my non, parts were
0: not traditional.
2: Correct. Yeah. Um, right. You know, the, the education came from going out and doing it every night and like, Hey, um, you it still
0: counts cause... as being talented, bro. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I just more, I mean, more like, you know, like musically talented, you know, like a, again, I, sorry, I, I don't mean to say that those guys aren't talented because they're, you know, in, in my opinion, some of the most talented people I've ever played, I've ever played music with. And, you know, I, I still consider Dave Knutson to be like probably in my opinion, uh, you know, one of the most, geta- one of the most talented guitar
0: players out there. But like it's- you said, just, just not traditional. Like you guys yeah. did stuff different. And I, I think that's, I think that's what I was trying to say before. Like I had never heard a band like, like minus the bear, man. Like, and I, I, I want to say, I discovered you guys, this was the first album I heard meno Sel Oso. so, so I, I didn't, I, I eventually went back and heard the older stuff. But this, so I think I discovered you guys. It was I don't know, oh four, oh five. Is that when that came out? Does that sound right? Somewhere around there, yeah, three, yeah. Whenever it was, but yeah.
2: There's, I mean, like that's it blew you know, my that's, mind. To to me, like that was the the major turning point of the band. I mean, that album. Yeah, it's to me actually, it's the EP that came out before that that I really felt like was the turning point of that band. Okay. Um, you know, the first EP that we did sounded like. Uh, you know we were all in other bands at that point you know um we we quickly threw that ep together and we were we were like lucky enough that suicide squeeze records heard it and was like oh yeah there's something here i'll put this out and then the first full length which you know people people still seem to like the it's called highly refined pirates Um,
0: i I love that shit
2: you know that was really like a combination of like Dave and I were listening to um, like Kylie Minogue and Justin Timberlake and we were listening to all this dance music and, you know, he was still doing a lot of the tapping guitar riffs and it was just, you know, Uh, it was, it it was, it was that. And I was like stealing Daft Punk beats and stealing like,
0: I love um, Daft Punk so much. dude.
2: (laughs) I was like stealing breaks from, you know, uh, that was right after that, uh, that really huge Justin Timberlake record. The first one. Um,
0: Justified. I think, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, right yeah. when that that was like yeah, right when that came out, and that uh, guy Max,
2: he's the awesome. Nep- the, nep- the Neptunes, uh, who was like yep. Pharrell Williams, it was his production team. Like they were like all over the airwaves, and like that's like if you listen to that record, you know, it's like the combination of what was Aaron Tate playing drums to like me just trying to rip off that sound. Like that's what that's what highly refined, highly refined pirates like kind of was. Um, And it was quick, and we we wrote all the songs really fast, and. Wow. Uh, that was that but then there was this yeah i felt like there was uh there was an ep that came out after that between those two full links called they'll make beer commercials or is we just beer commercials uh they make beer commercials like this i think is the name of it and that's what had like the foundation i felt like that which turned dave and i's songwriting um into what i think became you know m- my my favorite minus the pair of stuff at least
0: well like you said um, a little while back you just five weirdos just mm-hmm. trying to trying to get together and play music. And uh, you know, by weirdos, I mean, in an awesome way.
2: Obviously, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, there yeah. was, there, there was this point uh, for the Menacellosa record that like we had finished writing, you know, we had finished, I think we had just finished recording the beer commercials EP and, you know, Dave being, like I, as I had mentioned, you know, he's incredibly creative. Um, you know, he just came, him and I wrote all the songs at that point and, you know, he just came to me and he said, I'm tired of playing my guitar. I want to play my pedals. And I went, I don't know what that means, but I'm with you. <laughs> so he, you know, he bought a couple different line six sampler pedals and him and I would, um, get stoned and we would, he would hit a note and he would sample it into his pedal and I would go, cool, do that. And we would spend, you know, um, him and I started going to the practice space like five days a week at that point. And um, we we had been touring so much that I think, and I, I lived in a cheap enough thing that maybe maybe at that point we didn't have jobs. I can't remember. It might have come after. But um, we decided that the next, and we had kind of moved on to, and I, I've said this before, that each like, if you really listen to each Minus the Bear record, you can kind of tell what Dave and I were listening to musically, and um, we started listening to, like, a lot of glitchy electronic music, uh, like Fortet, um, what other, ratatat. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, to go on, There's a bunch more, but, um, and so Dave wanted his guitar to sound not like a guitar, and that was this process of him and I just sitting at the practice space um, for, you know, months, and creating you know what I, at the time and maybe i don't know you know maybe it's a unique sound i don't know um it is but it was you know it was really it was really crazy and all at the time it felt really crazy and it was really cool um but it was also just what dave and i were doing you know like yeah. it didn't it didn't didn't seem like anything until we brought you know like we brought um we brought the rest of the band in and we said hey you know here are these songs that we've been writing and start writing your parts to them and Um, Like, there's a song on that record called Drilling, and, um, you know, I I remember very, I remember showing those guys drilling for the first time, and, you know, Dave's feet are just playing the guitar riff, and them just being like, okay, dude, you know, like... (laughs) Well, it was just different, you know, it was different yeah. than what we, what we had been doing before. And like I said, like a little bit on the beer commercial stuff, Dave started doing that. Um, there's a song po- called Pony Up on that where he started, but it was, you know, it was a transitional period <laughs> for us that we, um, that Dave and I just really went into songwriting in a different way.
0: Drilling is, uh, I had to look, it's track three. Yeah. On um, Menos El Oso. And, uh, you know, I love, hearing this stuff man because it i've always known you guys minus the bear was different and hearing like the daft punk or whatever other you know justin timberlake whatever other influences came into play this is like this is like nerd stuff for me like this is so cool but you guys you have like a cult following i got friends who i would only see every time minus the bear came around like old friends from high school i never called them like old buddies you know like we didn't hang out outside of stuff but i knew every time i was going to see minus the bear i'd run into my buddies bill and mike you know i mean because they were like they're way more obsessed with the band than i was and i love the band too you know what i'm saying yeah Uh, and I, i would see a lot of the same people at your shows to make my point like i don't know minus the bear is just uh
2: is inter- I mean, it definitely like, like said. Uh, it was a different you know it was a really interesting fan base and you know up until menacello so like you know it was mostly it was mostly botch fans sharks keep moving you know it was mostly those kind of people and like you know the first few years of us being a band like every show we played people yelled botch at us you know it was like oh, we, didn't, we didn't really like um you know it's fine i mean people like what they like um yeah but you know uh it's laughable. Like I, I can't play drums. Like fucking Tim Latona, dude. That guy's a monster. Um,
0: uh, but you know, it was. Oh, you're I, it, pretty it, it was, sick, man. But it, it was. I feel
2: like it was that album that we like started really like gaining what, um, you know what minus the bear was, and that was when we, you know, like, um, I think I've told this story before, but like you know, there was this. We, uh, you know, we had a lot of like weird fans, and we had gotten. I think it was like while we were recording um so alternative press magazine reached out to us and they were like hey um this band called the Straylight run is doing this alternative press magazine tour and we want uh and they want they want minus the bear to be on it and you know we were like why you know why like that you know we're like a small punk band like kind of poppy punk band like why would we go out and do um support and none of us knew who the straylight run were right right I, I had i had heard of taking back sunday i think i
0: definitely um, saw and, you guys on this tour i think it would have been and, the first time i saw you but cool.
2: and and you know this is this isn't anything insulting it's it's literally like due to ignorance of what that culture was uh, you know we did we didn't know you know like we knew who were we knew who, who punk bands were we didn't know this more you know and gradually we knew probably in theory that minus the bear was like moving towards some of or could have moved towards some of that world but we got a call from them and um you know we l- initially laughed about it you know it was like why the fuck would we do that and um so we all looked up this, who the this straylight light run was and john nolan's wearing a minus the bear shirt in their first video and well, yeah. that's funny and so we went back to him laughing again and we said cool we want to be main support we want this much money and know just joking about it and they came back and they said yep whatever you guys want you know like that was it was before Oso came out and um i think maybe we had just mastered it um and we went and did the support tour and um you know made really good friends it was it was a really weird bill um I, i can't remember who all was on it but it was a really weird bill they threw on like I think it was five bands on the bill and for anyone that's toured five bands is too many bands I way mean, too many it, it was weird um but like you know I uh like the light run guys are great like John Nolan is, is mm-hmm. still you know I, I still adore him to this day and yeah, he's great um we him and I bonded but you know it was definitely this like breaking moment where we got in front of those fans and you know we had done some we had done some great tours before like pie ball Did, and, didn't
0: you tour with Thursday right before, a little before that too
2: um, it was right. I think it might have been after. Um, okay. My timelines are a little wonky.
0: Yeah, me too. But, um,
2: but while you We with were, Piebald. Yeah, we had toured with Piebald and we had toured with Cursive, and the Cursive was the first big tour that we were the opening band on that tour. And that was the first like big tour that any of us had ever done. Um, cool. But wh- while we were on the Straylight Run tour, um, the Menace record leaked, and it was. You know, back in whatever year you Napster said Napster or Kazam yeah. or Kaza, yeah. yeah. whatever LimeWire, and, um, and it was you know we were like fuck our record leaked everything's done and it was like a total blessing in disguise um, and the whatever it was about that record and whatever went from one hand to another to another and so we, we had we had a headlining tour booked uh, right after the Straylight Run tour. And, you know, like our agent uh, at the time um, we, we were with Suzanne from Flower Booking and, you know, she called us and was like, hey, that show sold out. Uh, we got to bump you guys up a venue size or hey, you know, uh, yeah. Henry from the Drunken Unicorn now wants you guys to do two shows instead of one. And, you know, it went and it was, you know, something about that the time frame of that Oso record getting leaked. And that was like that was the start from us, you know, besides the couple support tours we had been on, that was the start of us, you know, going from. A 200 capacity room to like 500, you know, 500 to 700. And that was really like, wow, the breaking moment, I would say, for that band. And
0: it was that record.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, like going out with Straylight and going out cursive and, you know, Piebald was playing, you know, fairly small rooms, you know, 250 to 500 or whatever. But like, though, you know, the combination of like those three. Uh, support acts on top of something happened with oso getting leaked and
0: so it just snowballed right
2: yeah yeah it was really great I mean it was great
0: you know? I gotta ask this is just for my own selfish reasons because PyBall, I love those guys they're my favorite dudes what what um memory any like memories that stand out like torn with those guys because they're <laughs> so much fun
2: yeah um, they are so much fun um, yeah. you know to the to the this day like we've uh, God, how many tours have we done with them we like did you know we had all known we'd all known of those guys and um whatever and i think I, again suzanne from flower like talked to them into taking us out with them and we met them um in bakersfield california for like the first day of our tour um was it bakersfield and we like all pulled up and we were like, hey, let's go get drinks. And then we all went and had drinks. And then it was like we were just best friends immediately. They're the best. Um, man. And, you know, we we were with them like right when, um, you know, before they moved, when they moved from Boston to L.A. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't, they were like kind of homeless and just like, toured. <laughs> you know, they just toured and toured. And, yeah. um, you know, there's, it was funny uh, in preparation for this. I, I think I told you that I, I went and listened to, um, the episode that of, of your show that Tucker did and Tucker was describing um, a moment where Thursday when, and when they Ball got arrested together, together. get arrested, and, <laughs> hey. uh, you know, like brought back a lot of like how minus the bear and pieball never got arrested I, is beyond, <laughs> is beyond me. Like, uh, you know, the, the stories <laughs> of, of insanity um, and like, you know, they're, um, they're great. You know, like you can't, Anyone that's toured with them or even knows them as people knows that like they are, uh, they're one of the most fun bands in the world to be around. There's a few bands in early Minus the Bear history that I can't thank enough for like, you know, them being one of them and Cursive being one of them. And, you know, like uh, I can't thank enough for like taking a chance on bringing us out, which, you know, brought us into this whole you know, the, the whole thing. And pie vaults just will always have that place in my heart for sure.
0: Yeah, man. I have another selfish question because I've seen you in Boston a bunch of times and in a lot of different venues. Um, if you can think of one, what, what's your favorite Boston like show or, and, or venue that comes to uh, mind?
2: You know, the middle East always has a special place in my heart. You know um, it was like such a legendary venue, you know, it's, and like, you know, that being you know like i brought up about first avenue minneapolis where there's the small room and the big room you know there's that there's this moment when you've played the small room so many fucking times and the promoter <laughs> finally goes it's your turn to play the big room you know um hell yeah there was a couple of those a couple of those middle east shows that were because just- the
0: middle east just yeah it has the upstairs which is smaller yeah. and then downstairs is like the
2: yeah one of my and favorite the, venues know, ever going you know like going from like opening to opening like i think we opened from Matt Pond PA upstairs and it was fine boston's amazing um there's a million great venues there and uh you know uh, all of the surrounding areas we have some really great friends from boston the band 27 from boston yeah um uh, you know we just yeah there's there's great people there so
0: so let's let's zoom out then all right what what's your favorite venue ever
2: um i don't the show box in seattle is always a huge one for me um it's you know just it's just home um yeah. but you know every city has their own thing um uh you know like tuck i on tucker's thing with you he had brought up the chicago house of blues and you know when when minus the bear got to the point where we were playing house of Blues, which blew our mind like you know when you were on tour and you get to play House of Blues and you're like, look at this relaxing green room and there's food yeah. here, you know, like it, catering it has, and shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. It has its things, but there's you know, there's small little venues all over the place. Like I, I had mentioned the drunken unicorn in Atlanta earlier was like always one of my weird little like places to play. Um, you know, there's uh there's a venue in Japan called the Onest in Tokyo that is like fucking super great and um you know all of the academies and in uh england are always fun to play and that's the, i mean I, I don't know it feels like a fucking lifetime ago man i don't know
0: well now i gotta ask because the foundation of this podcast was built on traveling right it was a travel log i was in europe just traveling around just talking into my phone just like hey i'm in fucking switzerland you know what i mean yeah so you brought up you know other countries i gotta ask um, yeah. Minus the bear has been, every, you guys have been in Japan and what, well, okay. So whether it was with the band or not, like what are your favorite places that you've been to outside the United States?
2: Mm, um, it's, it's easy. I mean, Japan's my favorite hands down. Um, Tokyo is just, I don't know if you've been personally, but Tokyo is just the craziest. Um, It is you know, it's like Disneyland for people who have only been in the states. It's like Disneyland and Times Square together, times one million. Um, and it's the greatest people in the world. The music scene is fucking killer. The venues are awesome. Um, I I love it there. It's it's like one of those trips that my my now ex wife and I decided that like when like my she'll do. Uh, my ex-wife will do with our daughter, we'll do, you know, the Disneyland, Disney world Epcot, you know, that shit. Uh, but when Phoebe is old enough, I, I get, I get to take her to Japan and I want that to be like, you know, because it's, um, it's so, you know, it's, it's so beyond our culture, but it's also completely fucking manageable to get around and to be like, to be there and everyone's helpful and insane. Um, But you know, uh, Spain was uh, Spain. Spain in general was like a massive influence on Minus the Bear, and then all of us as people. um,
0: Most beautiful women I've ever seen are in Spain and Italy.
2: Yeah, it's an incredible. I mean, it's incredible there. Um, You know, the the first show we ever played out of the country was uh, in Iceland. um, Iceland's so cool. Yes, Iceland's great too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, Planet
0: of Ice. On Iceland, uh, <laughs> I see. I, I see what you guys are doing there. Still, should man, I wish that show could have happened.
2: Yeah, or like a musical theater ice skate thing. Yeah, hey. planet of ice on ice. You know,
0: that'd be. Re-
2: <laughs> we always wanted it to happen. We always talked about it because how funny would that be? But
0: that would be amazing, and people would buy tickets. That would sell out. I would I buy was- a ticket. All right, dude. Gee, I mean, we've been talking for a while already. I was cool shooting the shit. Let me ask you this. I want to talk about Indie Drummer Collective, right? But is there anything else? Like what else? I want to make sure we cover everything. What else do you got going on?
2: Um, you know, that's kind of it. I, um, I, about four or five years ago, I um, began working for a nonprofit in Seattle. um, And we are focused on uh, fighting homelessness and house, housing for homeless. Um, and I started working um, at our uh, what what is the agency's main homeless shelter, um, and then I started just getting really involved with it. And then about a year and a half into doing that, I uh, I somehow without a college degree I managed to get uh, a position as a mental health case manager for the chronically homeless, and I moved um, I moved over to that, and that's really what I've been doing. Um, and you know, oh, like man. I said, I, I have I have my daughter and I hang out with her, um, but I just. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I've been doing that for the last two and a half years and I've had a caseload of 37, um, people. Um, and I just am really focused on, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very focused on music to some degree still, but I'm, you know, I've, I've, you know, helping, um, I, as I'd mentioned kind of early in the thing, I, I got sober, uh, after, after being in the band, um, and, I'm, I'm pretty deep into that world as well. Um, I help a lot, I help a lot of guys, um, try to get sober and, um, you know, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long, hard road, but you know, like, um, kind of the, the blessing, um, of like my kind of post music career, um, was that I, you know, I get to, I I've turned around a lot of, um, experience that I've had in my life and a lot of hardship, um, a lot of bullshit and a lot of fucking, craziness that uh from me and kind of have turned it into uh try to turn it into something else for you know what what i now kind of consider to be like the second half of my life um i've played some music I, i'm technically in a bunch of bands um hey. i play in a i play in a band called ghost work uh which is it's um it's a just a recording band we've, we've never played live but we have one album out that's about to get re-released and then we're working on a second one it's um Sean, who played, he played drums in a band called Mile Marker, um, but he plays guitar in this. And then Dustin, who plays, um, plays in a band called Snapcase, and he was, oh, yeah. a, he was called, in a band called Threadbare, uh, which is like my favorite wow. hardcore band of all time. And then the singer, um, Aaron, um, sang in a band called Seaweed. Um, so it's the four of us, and um, which is really cool. The, the record's out, but it's like I said, it's going to get reissued. And then, um, yeah, Ghostwork. There we go. That's us. Right. Uh, so man. we're work- We're working on a new record right now. Um, and then I, um, I play, yeah. I play in this, a couple other things too. There's a band called From Here, um, that's a grunge band called the National Guard. Uh, we recorded a record. It's, um, Nick, the singer of the band. Um, it was my first band. So like as a sober person, uh, I took about a year off uh, post minus the bear. Uh, post getting kicked out of minus the bear to get sober because i i needed to and um started i met a guy in aa and um he's not in the band anymore but it got me into this and nick the singer of that band was like one of the original members of alice and chains um it's, it's a cool band it's not necessarily my cup of tea but they're like the best best dudes they're all 10 years older than me but they're like the best dudes in the world and then um, you know, from, from all of that, I've just, uh, I've, I've tried a couple other things and just nothing has worked out. And, um, you know, to, to me at this point in my life, and, um, it's just, you know, hanging out with my kid and, uh my, my, what is now my career, I guess, um, you know, which is weird. Cause I've, I've never had a job, <laughs> you know, I had like weird little jobs, just I like in between getting, you know, in between getting in a van and, you know, yeah. now I have,
0: Jobs suck. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. not missing out.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's still a, it's totally a, a brutal, underpaid social worker. But you know, it, it I find a lot I find a lot of strength in it. And you know, it's you're it's helping
0: people, how, man.
2: A lot of um, you know, at the during during the pandemic, a lot of musicians have actually come to me directly and been like, "How do I how do I do that? That sounds great." because Including
0: of- uh, Travis. He's he's going to grad school. Yeah, Travis I, from piebald He was I, telling I, me that
2: I, I talked to him about a year ago. Um, yeah, he, yeah. was, he was asking me what she should do. And I actually connected him with another um, musician. I, I won't name names, but another musician mm-hmm. who had gotten, who had gotten sober and um, you know, plays music still, but he is um, you know, he's, he was going to school and I just didn't go to school for it. Um, I just like right. I said, I've through my agency, I've just kind of lucked out. Um, but then You're helping uh,
0: people, man, that's great. Yeah.
2: You know, it's, it's, it's a great feeling. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's a really cool feeling to, you know, though, though it's really fun. Like, it's fun to show my daughter old videos of, you know, of me playing drums and whatnot. And, you know, my, my daughter's a drummer as well. And it's really cool. Uh, it, you know, it feels at, at 42 years old, it feels better to go, you know, hey, I got um, someone housed, I got a homeless person housed today. Yeah, you know, that, that, that feels better for me. That's um, amazing. But, um, you know, throughout, throughout, you know, and speaking of the pandemic and stuff like, um, you know, turning onto, to, um, you know, there's, there was a lack of, um, of like depth and uh, creativity that i felt, um, you know, through, um, through all the, the stuff that happened with Minus the Bear and, um, and getting sober and, you know, um, I, I lost a lot and I had to like learn how to rebuild and. Part of rebuilding is you know n- knowing that things aren't ever going to be the same and um you know a, a joke that i like to say in in sobriety is that like i had to learn how to be um aaron tate who i am versus aaron tate my wikipedia page oh, um shit. and you know like it's you know when i was I, I never thought of myself as having you know an ego or being like self-indulged but when you get yourself out of that and it's time to get to like real life I, you know, I will only say personally speaking, you know, I had to like learn how to let a lot of that stuff go and be comfortable not being, um, I was just telling one of the indie drummer people this, that like, you know, I was, I was convinced that within six months I would be back on someone else's tour bus and I would be a back out doing stuff. And it just, it never happened for me that way in my life, you know, my life just, I wasn't one of the drummers who got, or, you know, members um, which ultimately is good for me, and it was good for me because um, I probably wouldn't have gotten sober um, had I have gone right back out. Um, you know, it's like all of the disastrous shit that happens when you're an alcoholic and your life falls apart uh, due to your own behavior. Uh, you know, own, own all of that. Um, uh, you know, it's it's hard to get over. And um, what I have found in this last year is uh, is the Indie Drummer Collective and. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know just a a little we can wrap up whenever you need to but um, what that started as was um, at the very I at the very beginning of the pandemic it was very obvious to me that um, stuff like this was going to take over podcasts and people doing people doing songs remotely and stuff and um, I had been talking to uh, briefly I you know I've, I've never even met him in person to be honest with you I've seen him play and maybe he's seen me play and we've become friends now, but, uh, Chris Daly, who is the drummer of Texas is the reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you, you name jets to Brazil, jets, jets, Brazil. I always fuck this one up and mix it with jets to Brazil. uh, yeah, Yeah. I always fuck it up and mix it with another band, but, uh, jets and, uh, phenomenal drummer, amazing human being. Um, and we, I, I reached out to him and I bugged him quite a few times and was like, Hey, like, we should do this thing where we each do a drum cover and we post it at the exact same time. And it'll be fun for our friends. Um, And so it started like that. And we, we did um, we were both, we both did a sense field song and we posted it and it was so much fun that we were like, Oh, let's reach out to some other people. And um, that was the birth of it, which was may of last year. It's been
0: so fun to watch.
2: It was, um, it was yeah. me and me and Chris. And then I invited uh, Tucker from Thursday. Cause I just like Tucker a lot. Um, Hell yeah. Who doesn't not, not only doesn't? A phenomenal. Yeah. Just a great <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I invited Luke from piebald as well. And Chris brought in um, Charlie Walker from Chamberlain. And I, th- maybe that was it. If I'm forgetting anyone, I'm sorry, but that was like month. What we, you know, we now consider month one and, uh, we all did, uh, we all did the clash. Um,
0: remember that.
2: And then, and then, you know, uh, month two, we we're like, let's do this every month. And it just grew and grew and grew. And, um, you know, within, you know, we went from, you know, just two of us to eight of us to 12 to 20 to 40. Um, and it's become, I mean, it's almost a
0: hundred now, right?
2: Yeah. We're 97. We're we're, we're, we're clocked in at 97 members now. Um, Hell yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I, you know, I, it's a collective. And so everyone runs it. Um, you know, I, I would say that I do the most work. It's like, it's a full-time job. Um, just because we do stuff all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's turned into what I've wanted it to turn into where, uh, which was kind of my initial, my initial ideas once month two and three happened was that, you know, I don't want it to be just we pick a theme every month and then every drummer, um, you know, we all cover do a drum cover of the theme and then we all put it out at the same time, but we do mm-hmm. like, we do like full albums. Now. Um, the first one we did was Def Leppard, which was really great. And, um, you know, we got to through a mutual friend, we actually got to show Rick Allen what we did and Rick Allen. So he got to like watch us all do covers. And, um, oh, wow. we, you know, we went full circle and did a Texas as a reason record. Uh, but now we, uh, we play for charity every month. Um, which is, you know, what, what I really wanted it to do. Um, but you know, cause we have some, we have some phenomenal heavy hitters. Um, you oh, know, yeah. like if you look at the all 97 people and you know, the great thing about it is that it's a, it's a collective of people who are all not all 97 are active. I'll say that, um, you know, there's 40 or 50 people that are in and out. We have like a, we have a group chat that we talk on like literally every day, all the time, but you know, we play for charity and we get to raise, we, you know, get to, we all talk and it's been, Um, it's been great. And it, it, for me, it's fill. it's, you know, it fills like this creative and musical void that I had been, you know, kind of missing since minus the bear, to be honest, you know Um, and now I've just found it in a different place. Um, And, you know, it's, it's weird because shows are starting to get booked and people are going to start going out soon and all that stuff. And, um, and I, I just don't care, you know, like I'm turning into that guy now where I'm like, I'm perfectly happy. Like, hanging out, you know, hanging out with my kid and then creating drummer videos and wrangling people and talking to them. And, you know, I've, I've found my like peace.
0: Well, that's wonderful,
2: man. All of of that stuff. And it's just, it's great. It's, it's really fun.
0: It's been so fun to watch. And um, again, just Instagram, I'll, I'll put it in the description of the episode and stuff, but the Instagram is at Indie Drummer Collective, Indie, I N D I E drummer collective, Indie Drummer Collective. And I I remember when this started, you know, I think because I was following Luke and he put out uh, the Clash video and I was like, oh, what's this? So I've been following it from the beginning and it's so fun to to have watched it grow. Um, And, you know, I I had Luke on this podcast uh, recently and he was, you know, Piebald is supposed to do. uh, It's called Furnace Fest in Alabama in September. I think it's going to happen. We'll see. But but he was saying like i can't wait to go to furnace fest because some like there's at least half of half a dozen of us in indie drummer collective yeah Yeah. some of them i met some of them i haven't and it's going to be cool to just like get together and and, like you know it's like dude what you created is it's just really yeah
2: it's 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 you know it's crazy like we all like i said we all talk all the time now and we do like every time we do a theme we now do like uh in Uh, drummer collective live thing on instagram where we go on and someone hosts it like um tucker hosted one and zach from jimmy at world hosted one and uh from damon from braid and you know ever so uh we all do them but then we do like um but yeah you know we do a lot of us don't know each other like a lot of us do and then a lot of us don't And you know some of the people that it's it's crazy we keep talking about how weird it's going to be when you know with 97 fucking members like yeah. oh you know charlie's going to be here monday johnny's going to be here tuesday you know like it's going to be this whole like uh like i like to call it a, a friend of mine referred to it once as a secret society and like you know or like a cult and so yeah. i had this idea again of like i don't want it just to be like people watching drum covers because drum covers are boring but you know we had this idea of uh, or i had an idea of doing um of a, more of an interview style thing. Cause I, I was, I, for the last year I've been doing uh, like a drummer of the week. And so everyone gets the 10 to 15 minute spot of just talking about themselves and their career and whatnot. And then um, I wanted to branch out and um, I, I, I started this thing and Colby who plays, uh, who played drums in a band called Knapsack uh, is officially the one that does it now. Cause I just have too much going on, but um, we, him and I created this thing called drummers talk with bass players and um, so it's, you know, kind of the, the joke on the rhythm section thing. And it's cool. I mean, it's, you know, the, our first episode had Rachel uh, from that band, That Dog. And she was in Weezer and did some time with Jimmy World. World. Yeah. Um, and then I did one with Nate Mandel from the Foo Fighters and Sunny Day Real Estate. And um, Chris Enriquez, who's one of our drummers, just did one with um, Sergio from the Deftones and Quicksand. Um, and then uh, Chris Wilson just did one with... Um, chris wilson plays drums and ted leo and the pharmacists um and he just did one with jason from engine down and so it's you know we're bringing in all this other stuff too and it's you know becoming more of like a place uh, a place of music versus just drummers but you know it's um you know as it's it's growth and how it's grown is you know it's nuts like I, oh, yeah. I, I literally went through and had to uh, direct message ninety seven drummers the other day about what we have coming up in May. You know, like that's a lot of work, right? That there. took a lot of that took a lot of fucking that, time. That takes, man. that takes a couple yeah. hours at least. Uh, but at it's least. great. It's awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm super proud. I mean, even though it's dumb to some degree, like it's no, people, it's not. To, You know, whatever. No. Like
0: just that's your self deprecating side talking. That is, it's uh, not dumb at all. It's fucking I'm, amazing. I, I'm super stoked on it. It's great. As you should be. Final question, Aaron, who's your favorite drummer of all time,
2: man. I don't, I don't really have one. Um, Phil Collins, probably.
0: Good Uh, answer. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, but Phil Collins is, you know, his drumming is amazing. Him, just him as an artist is what's amazing to me. Um, I, you know, William Goldsmith is up there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's too many to fucking name. I mean, Uh, no one has like affected the way I want to play more than the way that Dr. Dre arranges beats, you know, like,
0: yo, I love that. Yes. I grew up on rap. I'm a rap guy. Like I didn't even discover rock until like, I was like 14, 15.
2: Yeah. From Dr. Dre is my guy. I, you know, just in the interest of like skipping over things, like uh, hip hop was like a massive influence from the time I was like 12 or 13 until I was, or like I you mean, said still still Daft to this Punk day too. but yeah totally yeah. but you know like uh pete you know pete rock um uh, i like dj you know,
0: Premier, gang star.
2: eric b yeah Premier is fucking amazing the, like,
0: he's the he's the best him and dr yeah. dre are yeah. the best
2: yeah I, I don't i don't just i don't disagree um, <laughs> uh seal smooth is fucking incredible too and you know yeah. uh, uh, that whole thing you know so it's like to to for as far as influences and stuff go, like to say that there's like a drummer that does it, it's, you know, it's just as much people who have programmed stuff uh that get how to, you know, to rock a party, you know what I mean? Like That's right. someone, someone who knows the right combination of kick snare, kick snare to, to, yeah. to make you feel it. So
0: yeah, man. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, this is seriously been an honor. Like we, we've been following each other on the socials for a while, but again, this is the first time I've talked to you, Aaron and uh, yeah, this has been really, really cool for me and uh, i really appreciate your time dude yeah sincerely thanks
2: thanks for having me
0: thanks homie Let's wrap this one up, baby. Come on, yes. Two week notice podcast. My name is Dana B. Once again, I am your host. In a huge one last final, a thank you to my man Aaron David Tate, formerly of Minus the Bear, formerly of Kill Sadie, current fearless leader of indie drummer collective. Go check them out on Instagram. He's doing some really cool shit, and what a great guy, you know it's sincerely it's inspiring to hear like how he's moved on from you know the minus the bear thing and and he just told his story he's just honest it's it was raw and it was just super super cool of him to come on and talk to me um yeah just a cool dude doing his own thing i love that so much uh one final fuck you to uh <laughs> whoever the fuck just go give me please go give me a five star review and just write something cool, write something funny. You know what I mean? Listen, here's the deal. Like, if I don't like a podcast, I would never go out of my way to write something bad, right? The same thing. If you go to a restaurant, <laughs> right? If I have a bad experience, maybe I'll give them another chance depending on exactly what happened, but I would never go on Yelp and give them a fucking one star review. Like, I have better things to do. I would just not go back to that restaurant. Or maybe I give them another chance. You get the idea. Like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> that is mad funny,
1: though. <laughs> Come on. All
0: right. So, again, as far as Minus the Bear, I mean, if, if you're here for that content, then you. Are, I don't have to explain how fucking sick this band is and how much they rule. They're so good, and they just, I don't know. I've, there's no band like them. There's literally no band like them. And my favorite part of this podcast um, and the stories and everything that Aaron had to say was when he just spoke about, you know, him being part of writing these songs and the inspirations like the Daft Punk and, and, and hip hop and, you know, Justin Timberlake, oh, like all the stuff that went into it. And the way that they approached their songwriting. That was the coolest part for me. And it explained so much. And maybe if you're a hardcore Minus the Bear fan, maybe you already knew that. I did not. but So that was really cool for me. It makes total sense. And I've always said that there's no band like that band. There's no band like Minus the Bear. Never has been, never will be. So that was a cool, very cool one for me just as a fan. You know what I mean? So thanks, Aaron. And uh, I'm going to leave you with a Minus the Bear song, all right? And I got another very good one for you next week. I love you all. If this is your vibe, make sure that you hit subscribe. Boys.